pinch me. (laughs) I'm an author. I wrote a book, Destined for Greatness, Living an Inspired Life from Head to Tippy Toes. If you haven't already gotten your copy, you may head over to my website, sarahnoose.com, or go to Amazon and check out Sarah Noose, Destined for Greatness. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I'm joined by my handsome co-host, who's my husband, Adam. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How are you? Oh, doing good. How about you? (laughs) It's a new year, which is so exciting, and um, we're changing things up a little bit. Yeah. So I was thinking we turn the tables on you since you just wrote a new book, Destined for Greatness, and kind of talk to you a little bit about uh, the business book and the writing process and and really kind of deep dive into some of the things that uh, you wrote about uh, over the next couple of weeks. What do you think about that? Sounds fun. It's going to be fun to have you interview me. Yeah, so a little bit different. Usually I'm the uh, short part at the beginning, and, and here we go. Yep, here we go. Go for it. Well, let's get started. Um, so what do you think if we, we start by kind of talking about just why you wrote the book? Yeah, I'd love that. Um, so why I wrote Destined for Greatness was really my heart is to share Jesus with everybody that I meet, and um, one of the most effective ways is to try to write a book and get it out to as many people as possible. And so, um, my mentor suggested, um, that I write a book and spend time talking about a lot of what I talk about when I go to my speaking engagements. And so that's where it started and it was a long process, but we landed, (laughs) which is good. You did land. And I think it's so fun to watch the process and watch, Mm -hmm. um, cause you are not a writer to begin with. And Mm -hmm. for as long as we've been together, haven't talked a lot about doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's fun that 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 got on your heart and you actually followed through with it. So what? (laughs) tell us a little bit about how long it took to complete it and (laughs) and kind of the process that uh, was so fun to watch. Yeah. So I started writing in March of 2017. And um, the process was really interesting because I, like you said, am not a writer. It's not like I've been writing for a long time, but I, I do love to speak. And so I took a lot of what I would go and speak to audiences about and really put it in the handwritten form. And, um, because I don't write often, I actually had an interesting process. I would tell stories just like I do when I speak on a translator and I would get everything translated and then it'd come to me in, um, form, but it was funny cause it was really just me talking. And so, um, I did that for a long time and then I s- probably had maybe, I don't know, 11 or 12 stories. And, um, my goal with my book is that I tell stories that are relatable to something that we've done or I've done or experienced in my life and then how to connect it to dreams and goals. I'm a huge believer in God planted seeds in our hearts and it's our job to water it. And so I would connect it to how we can take action and then, um, kind of what I learned through the process. And so that was kind of the structure that I went through while writing it. And then, um, I got an editor who was a friend, became a friend who started pulling more stuff out of me. So it's funny. There's been, I think there was maybe six times I thought I was finished with the book but I never really felt like I was finished, but like I didn't have any more to write. And 
with each editor, they pulled more out of me and the book kept changing. And I knew when I was with my last editor and read the final copy, I'm like, no, this is it. So it was, it was quite a process, but one that I'm starting to work on for book number two. So I guess I liked it. <laughs> well, you did great. And I think, uh, one of the things that I think is so fun about this book is thinking about all the meetings we had with publishers and, mm-hmm. and we set up what seven or eight different meetings, uh, over, coffee over different things with um, just guys that that worked in this business and Mm -hmm. and we thought oh if we could get a publisher and then uh, the more and more that we got into it the more that we learned that uh, it's probably better to do it on our own that we tell our story and and not the story of a a 70 year old guy that (laughs) has his opinions about things Um, so that surprised me what what other things surprised you Darren yeah uh, kind of this process I know you know it's funny because I thought it was going to be a really glamorous way to you know get a publisher and it was really clunky for you and I it's like every meeting felt awkward and off and I'll never forget somebody reading my book and saying that they would be happy to you know carry me as a publisher but they really wanted a a book about dance more like the gracefulness of dance, which I was like, man, he totally missed the mark on that. And then he wanted me to take out my favorite chapter and I wasn't willing to do that. And so, um, I learned that when you get a publisher that they can in fact take things out of your book that you wanted in there. And I didn't want that to happen. And so chapter nine, I talk about my Graham and that was the chapter that he wanted out of the book. And so I think that was my nugget of, um, it pushed me forward to say, you know what, I want to write this book and I want it to be exactly what I want it to be. And so I'm going to self publish. I love it. So how about, uh, getting into chapter one? Yeah, um, one of my favorite chapters about getting fired and uh, what all that led to, and and uh, it it was what felt like such a, a low point in your life turned into being a key uh, kind of turntable of uh, the tables turned on you, and and uh, and a lot of things came from that. So uh, talk a little bit about uh, kind of buying that car that you saved for for so yeah. long, and I wanted to not use Chanda's car anymore. And, <laughs> and uh, tell us a little bit about kind of that. That story. So I was in college and I was waitressing with my very best friend at a restaurant. And really it started because my parents had me go off to college without a car. I thought I was taking the family car and that wasn't the case. And so my parents said, hey, if you want a car, you need to buy it yourself. Well, so that started my quest into you know, trying to find a job. And I suckered Chanda into doing it to my best friend in college. And so we went and got a job at a Mexican restaurant and we were loving life. I actually, I loved to waitress. Like I loved it. And I actually love waitresses. You know, when we're getting served, I'm like, they have a story. They're working for something. They're here for a reason. And, um, I just really enjoyed that, that. And so, but I also really enjoyed Oklahoma football and there was a game and I got tickets to the Oklahoma Notre Dame game. And my um, best friend from high school, Caroline, she was there at Notre Dame going to school and it was going to be just the best weekend. And so I decided to go to the game, not realizing that I was on the schedule to work. And I came back and got fired for my job, but I had just bought a car and all I needed was $238 a month for a car payment. And now I didn't have a job. And so just like many 
maybe college girls would do. I called my parents crying and was like, I need money. And instead of handing me money, they handed me an idea which changed my life. And, you know, I think as parents now, we do want to help our kids out of tough situations. But what I learned is when they didn't and allowed me to try to push past this, that uh, something really beautiful was born. And then that's when Tippy Toes started. I walked into the local daycare um, from my mom's advice and asked him if I could teach dance to the kids at the school. And I remember she asked, what's the name of your business, the director at the school? And just like I said, my very own name, I said, Tippy Toes. And that day, January 4th in Norman, Oklahoma, Tippy Toes Dance Company was born. Yeah, I love it. And it, it's funny listening to that and, mm-hmm. and to put it into perspective, Oklahoma football back then <laughs> wasn't quite what it was. It was the year that Bob Stoops started there. So they were coming off a big losing record and a losing season and, and uh, the fandom was pretty low. Yeah. But I can remember I was a freshman at college and mm-hmm. it's funny, I had uh, some of my friends wanting to go to that game as well. And uh, <laughs> it would have been funny if we would have met a year earlier, a year and a half earlier than, than we did, but so I crazy. could have been on that same trip together. And, uh, that was the year that was pretty magical because the next year Oklahoma won the national championship. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, the next year we were together <laughs> and we were together, which is yes, always good. Yes. You know, I think, uh, it's so fun hearing the, the kinder care story. And when mm-hmm. you walked in and, and finally got that yes. And, and, uh, and she opened up that door to, to bringing it to reality. Is there more to that story? Well, what's really funny about it is I kind of went with the mentality of, well, why wouldn't they want me? I didn't really realize there was a sales pitch that was going on. I just needed money. And so I was so desperate because I had this car payment that I had to make. And so I just went to the closest location to my you know, sorority house. And I remember talking to them years later. Their names are Carissa Wilson was the director and Kim Babcock was the assistant. And they said, you'd walk in with a smile and um, you're so cheerful and it annoyed us. <laughs> and I was like, it did? And they're like, but we couldn't say no to you. And I was like, really? They're like, you're just so like cheerful and excited to be here. And we, you know, they had been working at the daycare for a long time. And I don't know that I don't know. I don't know that I was welcome right away, but I think maybe I was a bit pushy. (laughs) Maybe. Um, I just knew that I needed this done. And also I loved teaching kids dance. I didn't really realize I did that. You know, when I was 12 years old, I started a dance studio in the summer, I guess, summer camp in my front yard. And I did that from age 12 to 18. And, um, it was something that I love to do. Megan did it with me some. Jenny did it with me some. Caroline did it with me some. But we made money in the summer. Plus, I was like teaching kids to dance, which I loved. And so it was just a spin off that, really. And uh, I didn't realize the impact at the time. But what I knew was I loved going into that school. I loved meeting the kids. I loved connecting with the families. And I loved teaching dance. And little did I know that. God had something way bigger planned for me when I thought I was just getting out of a desperate situation. Yeah, and so fun um, to hear that story because our friend Andy Barker I was just telling us a story about how his daughter was going to, to a party for, uh, I don't know if it was the first time, but he said, hey, when you walk in, just smile. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's so important to smile. And, yeah. and you think that that's one of the things that you did was you were cheerful and, <laughs> and happy and and. Even though it was your first one, you came in with uh, 
with a smile on your face and it, it worked. Yeah. You know, it's really funny too, to think about this, but I think having, not having a plan was better for me. I think a lot of times what people do, and I've done this before is I have an idea and then I map it out. I plan it out. I think about it. Then I psych myself out on maybe why it wouldn't work or what could go wrong. And I spend so much time in that area where this is a perfect example. I had no time. I just needed to go. I didn't have a business plan. I made up the name on the spot. I think my mom had kind of talked about tippy toes. Like we kind of threw that name around but it wasn't something I even had written down before. And so I think it was one of those things that I was pushed out of my comfort zone and I just needed to think quick. And so I think for our listeners, anybody who's maybe sitting and planning and thinking and not doing, there's danger in that too. And so I think that was a big learning lesson for me early on is just take action. And obviously that's what my book's about too. <laughs> yeah, and it's fun that... It I can remember back when we, I came through about a year after you started this and, and, uh, and to dream up what could be, you wanted your $250 payment. And, and then we started realizing that you could make uh, a little bit more and have some spending money as well. So I remember creating a, a big dream of having 50 students a, a, a week coming through and, and or 50 students a month, I guess. And, uh, and the, that was our big lofty dream our uh, stretch goal and and what the impact could be if we did that and uh and now you're at what five thousand students eight thousand so eight thousand yeah. students so uh pretty cool international now and yeah. uh, it's funny to think back at that was our big stretch goal was 50 mm -hmm. and and the things that we could accomplish if we did that so i remember you uh doing that chart for me so you and I actually have a picture of the chart in the book that I wrote, but it's funny because I remember when you said, do you think you could teach 50 kids a week? And I think at the time I was teaching five, maybe, maybe 10, I don't know. It wasn't very many, but I remember thinking like 25 was a big goal. But as you always do, Adam Noose, you one up me and you're like, nope, I think we can do more. And we crushed that goal quickly. I think it was having our eyes set on something that we wanted to reach. And then I remember you writing it and taping it onto my bathroom. You're like, no, we're going to color this in every, I want you to see it every day when you're brushing your teeth. And I remember thinking like, wow, he really cares about this. And it really pushed me to push harder because I really wanted to impress you because I was so sweet on you. I'm like, I really <laughs> want to impress you. And so I think that was good to have somebody that I loved in my corner really pushing me on. And you've been that person for me ever since that day. But that was the first memory of you pushing me out of my comfort zone, but cheering me on the whole way, which is super cool. Love it. <laughs> all right. So there's potential business owners and business owners and entrepreneurs all listening to this. Mm -hmm. What advice and takeaways do you have for them? Yeah, I think one of the big things that I talked about just a second ago was maybe, you know, just taking action to not allow yourself to get stuck in you know, all the, all the planning to just take action, to take one step forward at a time. And then I write about this in my book, but the first thing, um, in doing it is write it down. Like, what do you want? What are the plans that you have? What goals do you want to reach? Write it down. Like you did for me, it's scary sometimes. And sometimes it seems ridiculous, but if you write it down, it allows you to think about it in a different way and then develop a purpose. Like what was my purpose? Really my purpose 
for the time was to pay that car payment, but it grew into something so much greater. And so making sure that you have purpose behind what you're doing, because if we're going ahead with something that isn't purposeful, then we're wasting our time. Uh, then face the fear. There is fear in stepping out and doing something different. If you don't have fear, you're not doing something big enough, or maybe it's not challenging enough, but face it, be like, okay, this is going to be hard, but I can definitely do it. Um, and then setting the clock. Okay, when do I want this done? How long is it going to take? How am I going to reach these goals? What what does it look like? And kind of count backwards. And then the other thing that I did at this point and I do still today is celebrate the small victories. So, you know, for me with this book, one of my goals is to sell 1 million copies in the next five years. And I was talking to my friend, Brian Fiscus, and he's like, Sarah, it's not a thousand a week. It's, you know, 10, 5, 20 a day. He said, you're going to sell, you're going to get to the millions by the fives a day, by the tens a day. And I love that because now I can celebrate when I look on Amazon at the notes, if I've sold seven, I'm like, awesome. That's seven more to get me to a million. And so I think a lot of times if we think about man, I want to sell a million books. Like that seems like crazy, but over five years, if I do a few a day, it's going to get me there. And so I think those five thoughts, um, are what I would tell any entrepreneur or potential business person, um, to focus on. Well, good stuff. Well, chapter one was so good <laughs> and we're just getting started, but it's fun to watch. Um, like Amazon, mm -hmm. I, I'm going to say that you're an Amazon bestseller because you were you. up at, yeah. uh, and the one book that kept <laughs> you from being the top seller, mm -hmm. uh, from new releases. It was funny on Christmas morning. I remember <laughs> the, the guy that wrote a book, um, you know, his name, I don't know his name. He's a bishop, an Episcopal yeah. bishop. Yeah. Episcopal bishop that, uh, was on today's show. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly it was Christmas morning, so it was applicable, but uh, we were like, oh, that, that could have been you. One <laughs> one more book sold might have got us uh, to number one, but uh, right behind that guy. But you're right there. Thank and, you. And uh, so fun to watch and only getting started. You mm. stepped out and did it during a pandemic, and, yeah. and we're excited to see where mm -hmm. it goes. Thank you, babe. Well, I appreciate it, and I guess this is going to be the pattern for the next few weeks to talk about my book and dive inside for any potential business owner or entrepreneur or somebody who's dreaming for something more. I'm going to take you on my journey with my cute husband's help and um, hope you enjoy it. Hey, it's Sarah Noose, and I believe that you are destined for greatness. Do you have a dream inside of you? You think about wanting more out of life? Well, I have seen incredible life change happen all across the country by women who have signed up for my four-week accountability group. I would love to offer you the opportunity for real life change. Head on over to sarahnoose.com and sign up. There's limited spots available, but I would love to get to know you, have you join, and watch you conquer your dreams. If this podcast was helpful, it would mean the world to me to have you rate it, review it, and share it on social media. Social media is a big place, and to reach more people, I would love your help. Thank you for joining us today, and remember, you are destined for greatness.